everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney podcast. This is so exciting today. We are talking about my favorite, talking about The Little Mermaid. And this is the podcast where every month we talk about a Disney classic of the Disney canon. And we let the random number generator determine what we're going to talk about. And we landed on The Little Mermaid finally. (laughs) And we can close out the 80s. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hi. Yes, and we have a special guest. I couldn't, I couldn't talk about Little Mermaid without inviting uh, Alyssa Kunkel here from the Little Librarian. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. When you messaged, yeah. I literally was like, "Yes!" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great to have you here, Alyssa. Here's the, the the backstory for people that haven't been following my channel for a long time. Uh, Back in 2016, I reviewed the entire Disney canon on my channel. And (laughs) and, uh, and when we got to uh, Little Mermaid, I I found out about uh, Alyssa's channel that she was doing at the time and that Little Mermaid was her favorite Disney movie. It's my favorite Disney movie. And so we connected and we did a collaboration uh, called the Little Mermaid Tag. And we ended up tagging like, I don't know, a dozen people or so that all did it. Mm-hmm. So it got some pretty good traction. And it's just a bunch of silly questions about uh, if you ever had red hair and which, what's your favorite ginger actress and, and uh, things like that. And it was pretty fun. And <laughs> And so I was like, we had we hadn't connected for a little while, and so this is really fun to have you on, and to talk about this film that we both love so much. Yes, I'm so excited! I can't wait. I, yeah. I the tag was like an absolute blast to do. So being brought on for this was really really exciting to me. Yeah, it was it was a very very fun experience, and I'll put a link down. To, I have a whole playlist of all of the tag tags and tag participants. And uh, you can take a look at those if you if you want, uh, but uh, but yeah, let's talk about the Little Mermaid. This is so exciting. 1989. This was a huge moment uh, for the Walt Disney Animated Studios, and for uh, so many really in movie dumb. This is a just a big big moment for animation. Big moment for the Dis- beginning of the Disney Renaissance. And Stanford you're a little bit older than myself <laughs> yes so you uh where what was your situation when you saw this so uh i of course you know being a lifelong disney fan i was really excited about the film coming out i it came out over thanksgiving holiday in 1989 and i was i was in los angeles with some of my family celebrating thanksgiving mm-hmm. and so we we uh uh, ventured out that weekend and, and uh, I mean I, I remember distinctly and I honestly I, sometimes I can't even remember what I had for lunch you know but, yeah. but I can this <laughs> right. one this thing I can remember so it was this great uh, movie palace in west in the Westwood area of Los Angeles which is by UCLA but um, they've just got all these really great old movie palaces in that neighborhood and it was the Pacific Crest Theater and we saw the Little Mermaid and I think my whole family, we were all literally we were just absolutely blown away. Like, I just remember we looked at each other like, did that, did we just see that? You know, yeah. <laughs> it was so good. 
yeah. you know we were all just so dazzled and it was just such a delight to see disney return to the fairy tale with such a um i mean i was gonna say such a vengeance because that's just kind of the idiom but it was just it's just pure delight mm-hmm. you know it was just it's just it was amazing so so i just have nothing but happy memories you know yeah. about about seeing this film yeah uh me too i saw it at the villa our favorite we talked about it a lot on this podcast in salt lake city and it's the first real memory i have of seeing a movie in the theater i know that there were ones before that i would have been eight so i'm sure we would have gone many times before that but but uh, we didn't go that often and this was the first one to really make an impact in my life and not only did it make an impact in my life as a movie it was the first music that ever really like inspired Mm -hmm. me and and you can ask my brother because he he hears little mermaid he immediately my older brother he's like (laughs) 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 i listened and watched and all things little mermaid for at least three years uh it, it was definitely the most influential piece of media of my childhood uh it wouldn't the the next closest thing would be in high school i became kind of obsessed with les mis and that has kind of a had sort of a similar even though that was theater uh it uh, the music and the you know kind of it kind of was my new thing to be obsessed with but I I just absolutely love this film. I still love it. I still love Jody so much. Uh, I got to meet her at Fanex. Uh, I got to have my picture taken with her. That's amazing. That was incredible. I'm so jealous. That's amazing. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> and uh, I I just about cried. Uh, and uh, it, you're in and out so fast at those. At those mm-hmm. uh, photo ops but i still it was incredible and uh, what about you Alyssa? what was your kind of experience with this film so it came out before i was born yeah <laughs> so my like i grew up watching it and then i think it was like around 97 they re-released it into theaters uh-huh. and my aunt took me and my cousin and so in 97 i was let's see five uh-huh. and i remember going yeah. and that was honestly my first real like theater experience that I remember. And like, we did like a photo booth and my aunt made sure we had our snacks and everything like that. And I sat down and I just remembered like being so drawn in to the film and it just completely wowing me. Like it's always been my favorite. Everything I always wanted was mermaids. I always wanted red hair, which I have now. And like, it's just made this huge impact. The music is so part of, everything like my childhood like whenever I hear it instantly I'm taken back to those moments and it's super special mm-hmm. yeah I I think a lot of people have that experience with this movie and I think part of this because of where the studio was and where animation was in mm-hmm. 1989 and we have whole years in the 80s I think it's 87 I believe that there wasn't a single animated film the whole year I mean can you even imagine that I know, right? I mean, that's wild to think. <laughs> I I remember. Seriously. I think it was 2016 where we had uh, Captain Underpants, Cars Three, and Despicable Me Three. I think uh, all in the same month. 
Wow. Yeah. Mainstream. <laughs> That's not even when you think counting indies and anime. And I mean, we have so much content now just in the one spot of an of animation and he, the 80s was just such it, it was so much harder to make animation especially back then uh that uh that it, it was just such a different experience and so then when this came along i think it meant a lot to everybody because it had just been and it had been such a dark time for disney animation even what they did produce which wasn't very much it it was not the best <laughs> so uh it you know it was the, the dark age of and it had been so long as you said sanford since they had produced a fairy tale and it's really it's really interesting to me because uh jeffrey katzenberg he he told uh, people that he felt like this was a girl's movie that this was not going to do very well because it was a girl's movie and and that was something that uh that walt disney studios believed for a long long time because of the 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 failure of sleeping beauty but uh but yeah you must have gotten that sort of sense of it being a, a watershed moment for uh the studio stanford Oh, absolutely. You know, and um, sure, you know, these princess movies can be categorized, you know, as a girls movie, but I really just felt like it was the return of a combination of, of a family musical. Yeah. So something would appeal to the whole family and the music was just so good. And the comedy is so good in the film and there's, 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 there's so much action and, uh, you know, romance. And I mean, this is, it really has got, I think, some of everything and just you know an outstanding like broadway quality musical uh done with animation and it was just yeah. you know i i think that and as i mentioned i went with my family and we all you know are are different ages and had different tastes but we all loved it yeah you know we all loved it yeah yeah and uh the, the they had been um practically closing down the animation department at know, this point right? this, uh, they were all they were working some warehouse yeah <laughs> you know? jody benson said at her at her fanex panel that yeah they were closing things down when she was when she was doing a lot of her recording and stuff and and i mean they had no idea that this was going to be uh such a hit i it wasn't and she wasn't even planning on doing much publicity just a few little things and then there was like one thing after another thing after another thing and it just became this this huge phenomenon that then was followed and created this whole renaissance but um but yeah it's it's really interesting to to think back uh that you know that this was not only that howard ashman and alan Menken that they really injected the energy uh into uh, the Walt Disney Animated Studios that had been sorely lacking yeah. for a mm -hmm. long time. Yes. Yeah. And sure, this movie is directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. Uh, they would definitely go on to become Disney legends. Uh, they had previously done The Great Mouse Detective, uh, which is pretty fun. We've we talked about that on the podcast. But they yeah, had. 
they had this gong uh gong session gong meeting uh where they brainstormed and this uh movie this of course is based on the hans christian anderson classic was a uh, story was brought up and first katzenberg was like eh, no because they're concerned because they thought it was too close to splash which had come out uh not too long before and yeah like i think it was splash 80 oh i'm trying to remember the date was it 87 or is that too late anyway yes but, like that, but, yeah. but yeah not not too terribly far yeah or previously done yeah which is is ridiculous because they're so different i know right <laughs> <laughs> <It's really no. laughs> and listen are you familiar with the actual story with the fairy tale oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's very morbid <laughs> i know how is it is it's so morbid and it's really funny to me like now as an adult like to think back like they they made one of the like probably one of the most disturbing like original fairy tales really amazing and very vibrant and full of life and it's like wow yeah. disney really is yeah. magic <laughs> yeah yeah well that's what i was laughing when people were all saying with the new casting they're all saying mm -hmm. oh it's it's not what hans hans christian anderson would want and i'm thinking are you crazy are you kidding me? he also wouldn't have wanted a jamaican crab singing to <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. like what yeah. oh that's <laughs> so bad i'm like that ship sailed a long time ago yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, just, I mean, it's kind of interesting that both of the Hans Christian Andersen uh, based stories that were turned into Disney musicals, in my opinion, were much improved. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you're frozen in the Little Mermaid. And but here they, they managed to focus on ariel as a more i think empowered character than in the original story oh yeah for sure and i do think she feels a lot like a creature of the of the early night uh, of the early 1990s even though it was 89 sort of that empowered woman who can have it all kind of idea you know that yeah. she's, she's she's rebelling against her father she wants she not even just her body and who she is is going to kind of stop her from dreaming and and i think that's a very uh kind of creature of that time oh yeah it's during that like 90s girl power like movement like whenever you started seeing that a lot and i can see that she definitely was a big part of that yeah well jody benson she had worked with howard ashman in the musical smile the broadway musical and uh and uh so that's how they knew about her and uh so they brought her on and have you uh stanford did you watch howard the documentary i did and you know I, I, if i had ever heard about smile the musical i had forgotten so it was really mm -hmm. interesting to see that how jody benson and howard ashton met because i you know i just didn't know that yeah that story and um that was really interesting. That was really an interesting part. I mean, the whole documentary is very yeah. interesting. And I, and I, but, you know, liking the little mermaid so much, and then also just having so much respect for Jody Benson. I really enjoyed, uh, 
hearing hearing that story. Yeah, I if you haven't seen it, Alyssa, if you have Disney Plus, as a documentary called Howard, uh, that is all about Howard Ashman. It's it's pretty inspiring. Yeah, it's very interesting. Just a side note, Rachel Splash came out in 1984. Oh, okay, so it was a few and years. And it's on Disney Plus. And if if you if y'all haven't seen it, you really should watch it because it's a fun movie. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, I digress. No. <laughs> yeah. I'll just yeah. be adding all the things to my like watch list. I know, right? I'll just be watch list now, Alyssa. Yeah, <laughs> yeah by the end of this, I'm going to have like 15 more titles. I'll be like, right. all right. You're like, <laughs> like great mouse detective, splash. <laughs> I've thankfully seen the great mouse detective. It's yeah. a favorite. So, okay, it's a fun okay. one. They, right, Clements and Musker, they, like even their less successful movies, which I would say to me at least, Princess and the Frog and and Treasure Planet are less successful. They're still pretty. They're still fine, in my opinion. Yeah. They're still fine, um, but they are such an incredible directing team. You have, I mean, just The Little Mermaid and Aladdin alone uh is incredible um but then hercules in its craziness is a lot of fun (laughs) well and they went out so strong with moana i mean talk about you know leaving on a high note yeah very much john musker retired i believe ron clemens is still the studio but but uh, i i think so yeah i think that's true and so yeah you have a lot of legends working on this movie you've got glenn Keane, who is an incredible animator and still working he's got a new movie coming out this year called over the moon which looks which so good about <laughs> bring it yes and and we and we it's so nice because we can just be hyped for it because it's coming to netflix so there's it's going to come yeah no delays like, no delays uh <laughs> but i'm so excited it looks so good and it's a musical but he's incredible and he did the animation for ursula i mean for um uh for ariel and so they just have this is one of those lightning in a bottle thing they had this incredible team uh the voice cast will talk more about the incredible musicians uh you know alan Menken and uh and with Howard Ashman, what's interesting about him is just how involved he was because lyricists were not always involved in the story really that much. They were just there to write the lyrics. And he, uh, that's when you see in the, in the Howard documentaries, you, you, you hear him singing the songs and doing the performances before the animators so that they could, they could get the spirit of what he wanted with some, someone like Ursula, which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. He dress even dress up as the part and uh and that kind of thing, which uh is just so cool. I mean, he got a story credit, uh, which again is unusual for a lyricist to get, which is really cool. What what do you think, Sandra, what's one of your favorite things about this movie where you think makes it such a success? Well, I think you said it really well with the lighting in the bottle. It everything just came together so perfectly. Uh yeah. The, you know, of course, the animation is 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 top notch. Yeah. But I think really what it comes down to is is such a good story and 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 that music. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. just the, uh, perfectly cast too. But again, even if they had a perfect cast and the story and the music were iffy, mm-hmm. I don't know if that could have carried that would necessarily could have carried it. But yeah. 
but it's just it's just you know such a great uh the story i think just came to came together so incredibly well and then those songs i mean yeah uh, you know yeah part of your world i could just listen to that like Mm -hmm. you know on repeat and 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 think that that would be just fine i just love that so much and uh again not to mention just what a great song it is but just uh, just how beautifully animated that whole sequence Mm -hmm. is it just it's just it's a masterpiece really and i think in the best sense of the word and there was such an attention to detail yeah. in this movie. This is the last traditional hand-printed, painted cell animated right. film from Disney, which is kind of sad in a way. But they took all the time. There's over a million bubbles. And every time a character moves on, in the water, you see bubbles. Mm-hmm. And that was something like, if I look at something like Aquaman, which had beautiful world building, but it didn't feel like it was really under the sea to me because I missed those bubbles. There wasn't yeah. that attention to detail. It just kind of looked like a green room. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that that's, that's, where, that's what separates, especially during this Renaissance period, but that's what separates Walt Disney Animation from all the rest. Mm-hmm. This incredible attention to detail that they took the time to animate a million bubbles. So Agreed. Yeah. So it starts out with Fathoms Below, which I love that intro. I think it's so, like, it just draws mm-hmm. you in. and It's it really a perfect feels, intro. It feels like a Broadway musical mm-hmm. right from the oh, beginning. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the score draws you in. I also love how the score uses choral music uh in in the score that's as one of the instruments and i I just think it kind of it helps draw you into the story and you must appreciate that stanford as someone who oh i love it if yeah. I was, would that be fun to be a background so yeah. you know be a part yeah. of that choir how yeah. fun <laughs> yeah and we we get the opening concert and that the whole the whole setup and I definitely related to this right away uh, because that's the kind of thing that I would probably do if I was Ariel and I was 16 and uh, is just forget. (laughs) Like there's no malice in it. She's not trying to be a brat, at least in this scene. She's just just a little forgetful. She's in her own world. Yeah, she's in her own world. Yes, truly. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I remember one time my, my parents had, this is when I just started to drive, but my parents had arranged all of this stuff uh, so that I could take my sister to this lesson or something like that. And I completely forgot about it. And they were so frustrated because they'd gone to all this work to make sure that that she could make the class and then and then I forgot and and I I think uh, it's just when you're 16 it's easy to I mean when you're 39 it's easy to do it too but but especially when you're young like that it's easy to forget it was very oh, yeah. relatable to me no it definitely is it's easy to like those types of things like those type of um responsibilities and things that you're like supposed to do Mm-hmm. As a 16 year old, they're easy to just kind of let them go to the wayside for, you know, yeah. exploring a, you know, sunken ship. <laughs> yeah. And, 
and one thing that's funny is that Glenn Keane said that his wife evidently looks exactly like Ariel without fins. <laughs> oh. Uh, nice. She's so, pretty, so that's a compliment. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things I think is really important at this this early getting to know her scenes is that a lot of people, the criticism against Ariel is that she gave up her fins for a man. But I've always fought that because mm-hmm. you can fault her for lots of things, but that is just not true. Like she had been collecting human stuff for years to build up this huge mm-hmm. grotto. And she sings part of your world before meeting Eric. So she yeah. already had that desire. And it's only because her dad throws a hissy fit that that she then makes the decision that she makes. But that had always been there. Yeah, no, she had always had that love of the world, like, of yeah. you know, above the sea. Like, she's, it wasn't anything new. Eric was just the tip of the iceberg. Like, yeah. he was just the, like, you know, extra thing. And on top of that, when you're 16, of course you're going to re- rebel if your dad, like, flips out about something. You're going to be like, you know what? This guy is kind of off his rocker, so I'm going to do the opposite of what he says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what do you think, Stanford, of uh, of Scuttle and uh, and Flounder as sort of the side characters? Oh, I love all the here. side characters. I just absolutely yeah. love them. I think Scuttle... I get the perfectly cast. I think Buddy Hackett as Scuttle yeah. was brilliant, and uh, he's just so funny. And the script they give him—you know—I mean, the, his lines are funny, and the animation's funny. I mean, come on, the Dingle Hopper stuff—you yeah. know—I mean, that's so fun. And yeah. and I—I uh, I love I love uh, Flounder and Sebastian too. I just think they're the perfect—they're the perfect sidekicks. And I really love how they incorporate them. I know we'll get there. How they incorporate. Uh, all three of them throughout the movie. You yeah. know, none of them are, are, are just kind of forgotten characters. They're, 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 they're integral throughout the entire plot. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. And it, it's interesting because it doesn't matter at all that there isn't really a continuity as far as like it's there's like a French chef and there's the <laughs> Grimsby is British and then there's there's a Jamaican crab and I don't know what Triton is, but like, <laughs> yeah, just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. At least to me, <laughs> nobody either of you. It's just a fairy tale. It's a, you know, you got the New Yorker voice, a buddy Hackett. Yeah. got <laughs> it all there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean, something like, I think, uh like coco that would be really distracting oh yeah you know yeah that wouldn't work when the setting has so much to do with yeah there's such a sense of place there whereas Mm -hmm. it's not trying to be denmark at all no even a little right (laughs) well i think the fact that like it's already such a like out their fairy tale with like mermaids mm-hmm. that they were yeah. like you know what let's just throw it to the wind let's do it all <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so true isn't it yeah yeah and do you know how they how they came up with with making sebastian jamaican they they had tried a couple different things i think and i think it was a combination of samuel wright 
and Alan Menken, uh, he wanted that with that percussion that kind of evolved to that, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yeah, I think, don't they talk about that in the Howard documentary a little bit too? Yeah. Something about that, that or it might, it might be Waking Sleeping Beauty, and that's another one to add to your list, Alyssa, if you haven't seen. <laughs> <laughs> another documentary. How to get to my list. I know, sorry. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. I love watching documentaries on stuff like this, so I'm totally in for it. Just like, I think just send me all these. the recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'll love Howard then, especially, I mean, the stuff on Little Mermaid is amazing, and seeing him. Yeah. Playing Ursula is incredible, but um, uh, but especially the whole section on Beauty and the Beast, where there's all this behind Ooh. the scenes of Angela Lansbury and um, um, Lumiere, like Lumiere actor, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, um, Jerry Orbach. Jerry Orbach, that, uh, yeah. yeah, that uh, that them recording, it's pretty pretty incredible, and so uh, yeah, I highly highly recommend that. But, uh, but yeah, and it's interesting to follow sort of the evolution of the creation of Ursula as a character. So they, they had originally had thought of her as to some, somebody that, well, they were basing it kind of on the performer Divine. They also had Joan Collins because evidently Howard Ashman was a big fan of Dynasty. And it got kind of... Uh-huh. Okay, evolved into this sort of divine uh thing and originally they were hoping to get b arthur to oh. voice from golden girls to voice uh ursula but she turned it down and uh and then they had elaine stretch who's a famous broadway uh and but howard ashman didn't they didn't get along so then they got Pat Carroll, and thank goodness, I love her oh, so Pat much. Pat Carroll's she's amazing, <laughs> isn't she? Though I know she's so great. <laughs> Just it's such a weird performance, but it works so well. You know that mm-hmm. you know this this kind of gravelly voice, this kind of <laughs> this this life still of tough choices, isn't it? You know kind of thing. Yeah. Is so great, and I don't know what. What about you, Listen, Where would Ursula rank for you as far as Disney villains? Oh, yeah, that's hard. But she's definitely up there, like probably top three at least, because like yeah. she's just so notable. Like if not number one, because like mm-hmm. Poor Unfortunate Souls is hands down my favorite villain song. Like I I can't get past that. Like she just she she went for it and it was just perfect yeah well what about you stanford where does she rank for you as far as villains uh you know ursula is is uh up there i'd say she's i think she's definitely top five yeah same i mean i i've I've long said that i think that scar is probably my favorite just because he is such a sociopath (laughs) yeah and I do also yeah. love Maleficent, uh, but and Cruella is great. But that Ursula is up there in that in that top five for me as well. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah, and Poor Unfortunate Souls is such a oh, great song. Terrific, I know. And we gotta we gotta put. Uh, I mean, I guess we should talk about Part of Your World first. So yeah, so she sings it, and I I think that 
uh, that really this is the best I want song because, Mm -hmm. because the beauty and the beast, it's not, it's like a reprise. It's not really like a song in the same way, which has our, I want moment. And, um, I mean, there's reflection in Mulan. That one's up there. There's, uh, let it go. That's definitely up there in the debate. There's uh, how far I'll go and Moana would be up there, but I don't know. I still would put part of your world above any of those. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's definitely one that like, it's, it's before she gets to the point where she decides to make Uh that, you know, bargain with Ursula and it's just purely her. Yeah. It's purely like in like what she's wanting in her head before everything and so I just feel like it it just kind of has that little step above some of the other ones for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And you also get the uh, the reprise, which I also love. So when, after saving, having saved Eric, uh, and she's even more confident of what she wants. Um, what about you? What do you think, Sanford, as far as a, a part of your world? Well, I think, you know, you're right. It probably is the best I want song. It, uh, at, at least of these modern day, you know, uh, Disney flicks, but it's uh, the animation to just, I mean, I love the song, of course. And Jody Benson just, I mean, can she be more perfect? Oh. I mean, come on. Right. And, uh, but the, uh, the animation, I particularly, the ones, the one, there are a couple of segments in that are little, or portions of it that I love one is that she's looking up and then just the, I mean just the way that the quote-unquote camera oh, I love is, is that. Yes. and then also there's one where she's um kind of swimming and flipping on uh, also swimming up upwards too and again I just think the animation so amazing and she's so expressive and it's such a happy moment as well and I think that grotto is the coolest. You know, I was yes. so happy yeah. when they made, they put in that little mermaid ride at Disneyland because you get a little tape, you, know, you get to go into yeah. the grotto. And I love how they integrated Sebastian, how he kind of pops up, you know, in different, <laughs> different places in that scene. Because I love that in the, mm-hmm. I love that in the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of interesting to me that of all of the huge success of the Disney Renaissance, that the little mermaid is really the only one that has a ride i know it's sick and wrong they need more <laughs> you know I mean, they're building a massive beauty and the beast ride in, in tokyo, tokyo right disneyland yeah oh, this wow. was supposed to open up this summer or earlier and you know it got delayed but yeah i've seen that open. animatronic it's oh, pretty amazing it's so cool yeah I mean, there's... Bring it to the U.S. is what I, <laughs> <laughs> what I say. Yeah, uh, and I love that uh, the, that ride in um, uh, is it's in, it's in uh, it's over in California right? Adventure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do love that one. It's it's a lot of fun. And they have it in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. Have either of you seen the Broadway musical of Little Mermaid? No, no, Sadly. I've only listened to the soundtrack but I've never seen, I've never seen that. I saw it when Hale theater here in Salt Lake did it uh, a few years ago and I wasn't a big fan. <laughs> I don't really recommend it. I mean, it, I, 
I, I don't know if I should spoil it, but. Um, oh, I actually, yeah. no, I did see it at Hale. I did see it okay. at Hale. Yeah. yeah. And it, the plot, I mean, it's almost like it's not The Little Mermaid because the no. plot gets changed so significantly. Yeah. Oh. They decide for some bizarre reason to make Ursula the sister of Triton, which was so no. stupid. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Alyssa. No, that's not right. Like, that's. <laughs> Stop. It's Why do so, they do things like that? I know. It was so stupid. Ah. I was like, yeah. And, uh, and so, I don't know. And I just thought all oh, the new songs were lame. And sure, the stuff from the original is great, but it was, I don't know. I was not a big fan. And, and it's like this beauty contest or something, right? Or this like kind of talent yeah. contest or something. Yeah. Well, and I don't need to know Ursula's backstory. I don't care about that, like at all. I just want yeah. her to be who she is She's and not, not have been like wronged by Triton. <laughs> yeah, Come these, on. these villain backstories really get me down, as <laughs> you've heard too. me rant about. Uh, but then we we get that uh, Triton puts Sebastian uh, over Ariel. This is before Part of Your World, and then so Sebastian sings uh, Under the Sea to uh to ariel and this is such an incredible number they this won the academy award uh that year uh and i think that we don't really expect the fun songs to win anymore <laughs> like it's always the ballad is always almost always the one to win so that's kind of refreshing i feel like that under the sea was the winner that year uh we're part of your world but it's so fun like each every single i forget the number but it says in the audio commentary that every single fish is a different musical instrument and so by the time it all gets together at the end you have this uh kind of calypso uh jamaican inspired orchestra basically mm-hmm. uh that's all playing this song and and uh in all the different colors and and uh, again the bubbles and all that stuff just make it such a delightful number yeah isn't it's it, super it vibrant yeah. yeah yeah it's it's one of my favorites of this kind of a um this kind of a like if you compare it to something like trash in the camp or something like that in tarzan it's so much better because it just has i mean that that song's fine but this is just has so much more like energy and it's so much more a part of the story and uh, i mean i guess i would put be our guest above this but i think both of those are kind of the same purpose basically yeah it's like this very grand number Mm -hmm. and it just gets more and more grand as it goes and more like vibrant and it's just if yeah. if you've seen the movie, like that's going to be one of the things that you take away from it, yeah. like without a doubt. Well, and they're both and friend like me. I think you could put it in there as well in Aladdin. So those those oh, yeah. songs are all, you know, a minor a, a supporting character trying to convince the main character to not you know to not do what she's doing. <laughs> Don't <laughs> do agree the thing. With them. <laughs> I agree with them. <laughs> so it's a really nice slap on the wrist (laughs) (laughs) they all fail they all fail pretty i guess uh genie succeeds probably the most but 
they're such fun songs <laughs> and uh i i don't know it's i really love part of i really love under the sea is, is that a favorite of yours stanford oh i love under the sea yeah it's you know and a classic howard ashman because it's just the lyrics are so um uh clever yeah they're so clever <laughs> just yeah. integrating all the different fish names and just the fun rhymes he comes up with not to mention just the wonderful tune that you know alan menken wrote for it as well but yeah, yeah. it's it, it's fun there's not a song that i don't like in the in, you know in the movie i i'm partial as i mentioned to part of your world but but yeah it's terrific yeah and so ariel is being all flighty after saving eric and sebastian squeals which I like that whole scene. It's I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, I think it is funny too. Ariel is in love, and uh, <laughs> I tried to stop her. <laughs> He's so dramatic there. Yeah. Like it's just this guy who's supposed to be like really calm and collected and like keep her in line, and yeah. he like absolutely loses his mind. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Samuel Wright, he does such a great job as Sebastian. He's good. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so Triton has his tissy fit uh, and destroys all of her stuff. And uh, what what do you what do you think, Stanford, about Triton as a character? Well, you know, um, I think one of the things I really like about King Triton is that he is human. I mean, no, he's not human. He's but he's got uh, he's he makes mistakes. Yeah, he's. You know, he's he he's he's just trying to be a dad, in addition to you know being king. But but you know, this is more focused on his dad and his father fatherly mm-hmm. duties. Uh, and I just I like it how he's portrayed. I mean, you know, I'm gonna say oh he's portrayed as real. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's not real. But no, but I get just, it. But but that can be he's got real emotions, and 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 I like I like how they I really like how they animate him. You know, when he trashes Ariel's grotto they you know they show they show his face again afterwards and it's a face of questioning yeah mm-hmm. that's how i interpret it how do you yeah. how do you both see that what do you, you know just the, 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 he the, he's such a like interesting character to me like especially now that i'm a parent mm-hmm. and seeing things differently because i rewatched the film today yeah. and i i understand him so much more than i did as a kid and there's and like you said like when after he like wrecks her grotto like that little bit of questioning in his Mm -hmm. face that you see that's every decision as a parent like everything you do even if you know it's 100 right you question it and so i see that and i i love how his character is portrayed because like you said he has those real qualities that you get Mm -hmm. from him like and whether you're a kid you're like that's what my parent does or whether you're a parent, you're like, yeah, I can understand where he's coming from. He's relatable. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also they, the script does a good job of kind of making it clear that Ariel is his favorite. Right. And so oh, yeah. the fact that this is happening with Ariel is especially... His favorite daughter is yeah. extra hard for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so... I, I think, and I think Kenneth Mars, he does a good job. Oh, uh, is it uh, Kenneth Mars? Yeah. He's so great. Is, is the voice of Triton. He has a very, he feels, he has something King Kingsley, I guess, about his, uh, mm-hmm. about his voice, I feel like. Uh, and 
I, I mean, a lot of people are really hard on Ariel, but I think her decisions make complete sense. It doesn't, yeah. Like if my stuff had all, I, if I had been wanting my whole life to become human and my stuff had all just been destroyed and then Flotsam and Jetsam come, who are skilled manipulators, come and present a way for me to have what I want. I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like, of course, what are you going to say? You're going to be like, no, I'm going to like count on my dad to, yeah. to, to switch me over. Like, Well, and what he did was such a break of like her trust. Yeah. So why was she going to trust yeah. her dad in this? Like, and these guys are like, hey, we have a way to give you what you want. If Triton had come in and been like, let's have a good talk about this. Right. Like, you know, instead, chances are she would have just appreciated it from afar than being like, nah. I'm going to go get legs, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and people, same, you know, Sebastian betrayed her yeah. too, you know? Yeah. In a way. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you go t- tell on, uh, my, tell my father you're good at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people are like, oh, she's such a brat. And I'm just like, I don't see it. I don't get that. I mean, because yes, she was rebellious, but she also had this desire for a long time. And and nobody was listening to her and there was literally no other options for her to have to to be in this the spot where she is supposed to be and she knew it and she fought for it to me she's a fighter and and mm-hmm. yes a rebel but again i love it when sebastian says uh says and you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life yep. and that that that's that's true <laughs> and uh so i don't know i just i uh and I know that a lot of people, like in the LGBTQ community and other sort of marginalized communities, really connect with Ariel because she couldn't be who she was meant to be, and she had, you know, she had to kind of hide that away. And and uh, and I and so I I think that there was always a side of me that connected with her because I didn't like being a child. <laughs> I was very frustrated by it. I wanted to be able to be the one making the choices and the decisions. And it was hard for me. And I used to go through my, go through my mom's like uh, wallet and purse and be like, I can't wait till the day that I have my own stuff and my own things. And I I don't have to be told what to do all the time. (laughs) I was a delightful child to raise. And (laughs) And so to me, I really connected with Ariel because I, I just knew that feeling of, of like wanting to be in a different spot than where I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when people say that she's this horrible character, it kind of, I'm just always like, really? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I mean, it's hard because she gets compared with Belle all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Belle is such she's the opposite here she's she's going to sacrifice her whole life for her father she's willing to give up everything you know as opposed mm-hmm. to Ariel who <laughs> kind of couldn't care less <laughs> um uh so you know I get it but I I don't know I like both characters yeah I mean Belle, Belle is amazing in her own right and she's 
uh, she's just a different type of person. Mm -hmm. And I think people comparing them is kind of unfair because just because Ariel goes for after what she wants doesn't make her necessarily selfish because ultimately she does like, you know, put herself on the line for everything. Yeah. What do you, what do you think Stanford about that? You know, it is interesting to compare them, but they're such different characters, really. I mean, clearly they, uh, you know, we don't know if, if Ariel has a mom, <laughs> right? I was going right. to say, but, but, uh, but um, as far as, you know, they both, it's just kind of, you know, they just have a, a dad. And I think, honestly, that's where almost the comparison stops because the dads are so different. Their situations are so different. Their personalities are so different. Yeah. Um, uh, and, I can't say I find one more virtuous than another. I mean, I kind of view Ariel as uh, a teenager. Mm-hmm. I, Belle feels like a, yeah. she's a little more uh, mature, mature yeah. if not in age, just in temperament. Right. But, but again, I, I, I yeah, I just, <laughs> it's hard for me to compare them because I just think they're just so completely different and their situations are so different. You know? Yeah. Well, the environments they're in is just completely yeah. opposite. I mean, one literally grew up in the water, so yeah. <laughs> entirely know, right? different creature. <laughs> yep, That's exactly. Right. Uh, so then we get poor, unfortunate souls, and this is just such a great sales pitch. I mean, the great villain songs most of the time are a kind of a sort of a sales pitch to convince the 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 the, the um, goons to you know to agree to follow them uh or to convince the the heroine to uh, to agree in this case uh with with her plan and uh, she does such a great job it's so fun i absolutely love it uh lots of jets of now i've got her boys yeah <laughs> yeah and i also love the whole section of this of this song with uh that you got your looks, your pretty face. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, don't they animate Ursula again? It's yeah. such a perfect, perfect way. And yeah. I also love the fact that she's the only like octopus character that we see, mm-hmm. which also doesn't make any sense that she would nope. be his sister <laughs> when she's an octopus and he's a mermaid. Yeah. Merman. What? yeah <laughs> i don't understand yeah <laughs> but uh uh but yeah i love that whole uh my voice you think my, uh, <laughs> One don't understand yes. <laughs> body <laughs> language it's so good i uh, sorry to interrupt your age uh, no. one of the things i thought was so interesting uh also i, I believe they mentioned this in the howard documentary uh, you know on disney plus that 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 poor unfortunate souls is also such an important song with the story because not only is it just a great song but also there's a lot happening you know i mean ariel not only gets sold on it she signs the contract and turns into human and goes up to up to the surface you know all kind of in that in that within that whole sequence so it's super you know it's extremely important to the story and i think just in, is really well done that's one of the things I, I really love about how they use sebastian and flounder too to help when ariel gets her legs and then also and then also i think kind of loses her you know her ability to breathe underwater uh they help her 
you know, they basically, they save her and get her, and get her up there. I love that. I do too. I like that too. And just how nice Eric is, because I think they do a pretty good job of establishing Eric as a character. We get to see him at the beginning uh, that uh, he knows that there's someone out there for him, uh, that he's like a romantic, that he, and then he's so kind to her at this, uh, at this, uh, when he first you know, finds her, I think she's just a shipwreck uh, victim, but I, I think they do a good job with, in fairly minimal scenes, do a good job with his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also think the other thing about Ariel that to me shows there's more than just her wanting a man is just how excited she is by everything when she gets to land uh, oh yeah, the, you know, I know. Is that fun? Yeah. Yeah. When she goes on the tour and she's looking at the puppets and she's looking at—I mean, everything she wants to drive, uh, the horses, uh, everything she's so excited about. And so, to me, that says to me, this is somebody that this whole experience is more important than just the uh, just getting the the man. Yeah. Well, she barely pays attention to him. If you yeah, like actually right. watch, like she barely pays attention to him. Not until like. <laughs> kiss the girl comes up like yeah. that's literally she's focused on everything but him just about yeah agreed um and one weird thing is so they present her in the pink dress and uh and the, the in the disney princess lineup they have her in a green dress yeah for some which she's not in in any scene in the movie so i don't understand where this green dress comes from <laughs> i'd like to know too I've been wondering this my whole life. Yes. <laughs> right? This There's is a pivotal no. question to me. Yes. Thank you. See? I mean, like, I have no problem with the green dress. It's very lovely, but yeah. like, where? Why? Like, I mean, in why the, couldn't I, she have been in that instead of the pink dress? The pink dress is okay, but like, the green yeah. dress to me is better, honestly, and fits more of the mermaid vibe. Yeah. And it's not even in the the sequels. It's nope. Yeah prequel slash sequel it is they invented a green dress which i have no idea why they didn't just use either the pink dress or the blue dress or even the epic sparkly dress at the end yeah or her wedding or yeah the sparkly dress the yeah, sparkly dress when triton gives her legs right yeah, yeah. i'm like did they did they just want to make more funko pops like what is the basically yeah. <laughs> just in, i mean especially when they make they 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 there's the whole debate about it. is it the pink dress or the blue dress with aurora yeah they're just like inventing dresses they're like it's fine nobody will notice no one will notice <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so happy that you yeah. Uh, um so then we have the whole le poisson scene with chef louis (laughs) 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 i love that song so much i know (laughs) me too well uh it's totally like if there's a part that's kind of out of place it kind of is it's just it's sort of random but I do love it. And uh, my brother, again, he grew up with me singing and I mean, not just me, my younger sister as well. And my younger sister and I used to have, we used to share a room and we used to have competitions uh, with ourselves about who sounded the most like Ariel and <laughs> we would sing uh, all night long. And uh, so we just love this movie so much. And 
and my my brother did a like study abroad in France, this immersion thing, uh, with a bunch of other English, uh, American and English speaking people, and he's, he told me that when they the very first time someone mentioned poissons, like poissons or however you say it in French, that every girl in the room just started singing this song. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like what is happening <laughs> he's like having flashbacks to home like you and your sister yeah, singing right. <laughs> it's just that's amazing so that's so funny. funny yeah and i love it i think it's great it, it it's it's very kind of it's sort of as sort of it almost has a warner brothers feel to it a looney Tunes oh yeah feel. it does it's so it's so crazy but i think that's one of the things that makes this so fun yeah i missed one yeah what is this yeah it's so good i'm i'm sure that when they do the live action remake they will cut that out they will not have it i i i don't think but uh i would be shocked i don't think i would be shocked too i'm pretty sure it wasn't in the broadway musical it shows um, Sebastian's dedication for sure, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'd be like, guys, I'm out. Like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> yeah. When he's like, when I went through to do today for you. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and, and so, yes, then we have the, uh, the, going out into town, like you they said, and, uh yeah and then kiss the girl with starts out with scuttle which i think is so funny (laughs) yeah scuttle yeah like buddy must have had fun doing that (laughs) i think so too yeah 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 and and so uh, (laughs) it was cute at uh fan x uh when there was a little kid who uh, asked Jody Benson what her favorite song was, and she said, "Well, what's your favorite song?" And she said, uh, "She she said, uh, or she, he said, what's your what's the favorite song you sang in Little Mermaid?" And uh, she he said, "Well, what's your favorite song?" And uh, she he said, "Kiss the girl," <laughs> and she kind of laughed and she's like, "Well, actually, Ariel doesn't isn't able to speak in that song." <laughs> <laughs> not, not a, anyway it's cute but uh, it's a really i just and i remember uh my my church group that they did a whole kind of play for um like a talent show they did a whole thing on on kiss the girl and we all thought it was just the funniest thing like <laughs> and i I, th- I still think it's funny i still like it and i love the animation and that whole sequence is so good isn't this just you know i'm calling it staging i'm sure that's not what it yeah. is but it, it's just it's 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 delightful you know the setting and i love the you know how the fish are spitting like fountains and you know just everything about it and fireflies and yeah. so so terrific well yes. we get such different colors too in that yes like, yeah it's such a different coloration of everything and like the willow like branches hanging down and it just creates yeah. this like atmosphere and like yeah. it's just very magical 
I agree. Yeah, really nice lighting in yes. in that whole se- sequence, and it's just a really fun song from uh, from Macon and Ashman there. And uh, and then so then we get Vanessa appearing, and I don't know if you Boo. did you know <laughs> that that Jody Benson does Vanessa's voice. Yes. No, I didn't yeah. know that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fun. And I love the design of Vanessa. Like, I think she just looks like... I really like the way that she's like a kind of a polar opposite of of Ariel in a lot of ways. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I, just black hair and everything. She's such a contrast to her. Yeah, like, it's exactly. Just, yeah, I love her. Like, I, I love to hate her. It's, yes. it's a good love to hate character. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ocean will be mine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so we get to the, the first wedding. Of course, Eric is all glazed over and everything. You think that might be a little bit of a hint to some of these people, but I guess they'd have to do what they're told. And I know. I just got to be, you know, that's, uh, I mean, <laughs> don't want to think too much about it but yeah Grimm's just like giving him a bye you know and he's just like well okay yeah we have to do like with Eric you seem like a zombie but <laughs> totally normal it's fine <laughs> yeah and uh and we they almost kiss and and then you're too late <laughs> it's a great moment well uh, and I, I love just before that too Rachel yeah. how the uh all the you know, scuttle and 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 get gets all all the animals. You know, to, oh yeah, to try to they take do like out. an air raid. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Great comic relief, you know, yeah. just oh, before yeah. a really serious moment. Yeah. That's true. That's that's very true. And uh, and we get uh, we get Ursula with Ariel and Triton uh, confronts them, tries to destroy the contract. It's unbreakable, even for you. And uh, it's when uh, Ariel says, Daddy, I'm sorry. And so we do get at least one moment where she shows some remorse. It's a quick moment, but it is there for what she did. And it feels uh, very genuine, though. Like, it's a very, oh, yeah. it's from yeah. her heart. Like, yeah. you can feel it. Yeah. She yes. did not think that this was going to impact anybody but herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... And she certainly didn't think that her dad would end up as a shriveled thing, whatever those things are. <laughs> I know, they're, Ursula's they're little so minions, they're so yeah. sad. I they're know. so ugly, but so cute. The poor little yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, then Eric is like super kick butt and awesome. And he's like, I lost her once. I'm not going to lose her again. Oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. And then I, I do love the little moment when Ursula accidentally zaps uh, Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, My yeah. Babies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a good way to just make her extra mad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then uh, you have her becoming the giant. And then we get the final battle between them and then she is speared through the gut with the fish with the ship which is pretty awesome yeah Mm -hmm. that's a really good way to take her out Mm -hmm. yeah yep and uh and then the uh we get the final transformation when 
Triton realizes that she really does love Eric. Uh, and I like it with Sebastian saying, you, you have to let you have to let children make their own path their own things you always say that <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Uh, but i love that whole ending and mm-hmm. and then the wedding which she's a young bride but huh, what are you gonna do <laughs> one thing i really like about the uh that scene is where you know ariel's seeing eric on the beach you know she's sitting on the rock how is how it's a uh, uh a representation think of that classic little mermaid statue that's in, mm, in yes, Copenhagen. Yeah, like, I I've always I always liked that mm-hmm. just artistic choice. I thought that was a, you know, a, it was a, a nice one. nod to it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the movie. I really love it. It's really special to me. And I you know I always debate about whether I like uh, Beauty and the Beast or The Little Mermaid the best um both are pretty nostalgic for me but little mermaid is slightly more nostalgic Mm -hmm. for me so my last ranking i had uh beauty i mean i had a little mermaid first and when i did my blog ranking i had beauty and the beast first so I've, i've been back and forth on it but i love both movies so much and it's very they're both very special to me um i don't know yeah i know it's your it's your favorite Alyssa, mm-hmm. of the disney films where would you have it ranked at stanford so uh i, I hope you still talk to me because you know how much <laughs> i really like this film and yeah. it's all, and, and ranking is hard yes that's all right um, i have it at number 12 okay that, that's um, perfectly respectable <laughs> beauty and the beast is my beauty and the beast is number my number one mm-hmm. but i you know, this is all just again about my personal feelings for the your my personal yeah. enjoyment with the film versus you know all the the technical stuff or or, or whatever. So mm-hmm. I have it just in between. I have Lady in the Tramp at eleven and Dumbo at thirteen. Yeah, that's a good ranking. So um, yeah, yeah, and it's a film I I I really love. I really yeah. love it, and I had so much fun rewatching it too. It wasn't it. Was, it just brightened yeah. my day. It just made me so happy. <laughs> no, know? absolutely. Like it, it set my day like off really good today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I have done the uh, the random random number number generator. If I can talk adequately, <laughs> I think I'm going to be more excited about this than you, Stanford. We're going to be talking about make my music for our next episode which is a movie that i think is bonkers and i kind of like uh so that's gonna be fun uh and uh, so look forward to that next time and we have some comments on social media from uh from people about this movie so on facebook we have some responses for about this film matthew david klein he says to this day, I find it interesting that The Little Mermaid and The Princess and the Frog helped the Disney Animation Company get back on its feet again. That is since the films began the Disney Renaissance and Disney Revival eras, respectively. Not to mention they have, they're both directed by John Musker and Ron Clements. Between these two particular Disney films, I would say that for the most part, The Little Mermaid is better. The only reason why is because there's more depth to those characters, mostly the music is a little more memorable and the story is a little more exciting. Also, how could you not feel the enmity 
between King Triton and Ursula. Also, there have been times in recent years where I've really, I felt really angry. I have reenacted the scene where Triton destroys Ariel's grotto, but pretending to, but pretending to do that. Anyway, the only area where I would say the Princess and the Frog is better than the Little Mermaid is Tiana seems to have a better character arc than Ariel. Tiana doesn't accept Facilier's deal. And Tiana learns better lessons than Ariel. Overall, The Little Mermaid is great. And I'm glad to have seen it when it was re-released in theaters back in 1997, like you said, Alyssa, as, as well as last year for its 30th anniversary. Um, Kyle Ostrom, he says, I'll be brief despite the praise I'd heap on it. It's my, uh, it's my favorite film of the Renaissance. There's a sheer confidence and energy to this film, especially when compared to the 70s and 80s features that led up to it. It's almost like the confidence and sense of let's try to do this big, cool thing that made Snow White so great and such a stellar debut for the Disney animated feature film. Anyways, Howard Ashman's personal stamp on the story and songs really anchors this one along with Ron and John's execution of everything and then some. Uh, and we have more on Twitter. We have Adam Daly says, far and away the best Disney animated film, one of my favorite animated films of all time. Brett Haynes review says, probably my least favorite of the Renaissance films. Don't like Ariel as a character, but I do think Ursula is a pretty good villain. Uh, Munar Abridabo, she says, a classic that gave new life to Disney animation, fantastic song and characters. Dalton Carter says, a wonderful musical fantasy that breathed new life to Disney animation thanks to spectacular, anim spectacular Ashman Menken soundtrack, beautifully crafted animation, and unforgettable cast of characters and seen in theaters for its 30th anniversary last year was magical experience then one last one uh Malthin for jesus he says a fun and enjoyable fairy tale part of your world is my favorite and enthralls me every time i love the story of growing up in the father-daughter aspect part of me wishes they had gone with the alternate ending bit uh ursula's ultimate victory and demise is too amazing to pass up really wished they had explored more with Eric and I wonder how they will do this with the live action adaptation. Hopefully they won't mess it up and hopefully it'll capture the spirit of the original. Overall, I give it four and a half stars. So there we go. Some different opinions going on in the comments. So we appreciate everybody's thoughts there. And uh, yeah, do you have any uh, thoughts about the live action uh, at all, Alyssa? <laughs> I'm ex I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, but yes. I mean they, they've done all right with the uh, live adaptations. Like in my opinion, like I'm not as into like you know the films and everything as mm -hmm. a lot of people are. But um, I'm I'm excited, but I'm also just mm -hmm. like please don't mess it up because like it's so it's so perfect for yeah. me the way it is. Yeah. And sometimes mm -hmm. I like things whenever they're left untouched. As a book nerd just yeah. just stop doing like like doing yeah. adaptations a lot of times is how i feel so. yeah yes and, yeah <laughs> I, i'm very i am nervous because it is so special to me but i know that lin-manuel is really special to yeah him. so i'm putting in a lot of trust in him because he's involved in the whole project from pretty much the start mm -hmm. so that and, and i like the fact that they seem to be doing their own thing this seems to be a unique take uh and with uh with them getting Haley ba Haley Bailey Haley Bailey mm -hmm. so, 
something anyway, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. And that's the thing is I'd rather them do a fresh take on it than trying to recreate it for what it originally yes. was. Yeah. Yes. Because when they start trying to stick too close to the original, I feel like that's when I get too picky and I get unhappy with it, you know? Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa, for coming. This was really fun. Yes, this is wonderful. Thank you, Alyssa. Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I have a new, like, watch list. So (laughs) (laughs) I know. Give me the giant watch list. But if people want to follow you on Instagram and all that uh, with what you do, how can they do that? Um, My username is the little librarian. And I upload a lot of bookish content on Instagram mostly. I used to do YouTube, but Instagram is my sole form of platform for now. Yeah. Uh, and I'll have that in the description section. People can make sure to follow you. And Stanford, where can people find you? On Twitter, I'm at Stanford Clark. And I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And also you can find, uh, follow us at Disney Talking. Uh, We try to post on there. Uh, And so please check that out. And you can also support us on Patreon, which we are so grateful for that support. It helps us do really fun things. So please check that out. We have live movie watch throughs. We have a, a, we have a Facebook group. Please take a look at that in the description. We also have our merch store, which has a hashtag animation junkie t-shirts and other fun stuff. So take a look at that. And thanks again, Alyssa. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you all next month for Make My Music. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.